1: Alrighty, ladies and gents, thank you so much for sticking with us here. Go Long with Dunn and Monas, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, GoLongTD.com. Make sure that you uh, consider, at least give it a consideration, right? VIP membership. You get one of these Go Long hoodies. Black with the blue logo. A signed copy of Blood and Guts, How Tight End Save Football, and access to all of our Zoom happy hours. Have a very special guest scheduled. For this Friday night, the goal is, if not every week, every other week, to have somebody hang out with you over some beers on Zoom. And I want you to tell me who you would like to hang out with. Because when you're a VIP, you need that VIP treatment. Ooh, that was catchy, Jim. I just thought about that one. Um, And as always, we're fueled on the podcast by our friends at Fatty Beer Company. We're absolutely going to be doing some live shows through the off-season in Orchard Park, Hamburg or elsewhere okay as promised part two of our super bowl bonanza extravaganza podcast show in part one we hit on all things patrick mahomes andy reed carlos williams <laughs> Some some would say that's you know that's all you need in life god i want carlos to come on the podcast that was great.
2: really a great way to sum up our part one Like, how would you not want to listen to that Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Carlos Williams? Find another show that is teasing their show with
1: those names. And rate, review, and share. That's how we keep this podcast growing. All right, we want to talk Philadelphia on part two because this was an all-time Super Bowl classic up until the refs decided – to inject themselves into the entertainment and let it be known that they're part of the party, they are. You know what? Sometimes these officials, it's like you're at a party, and then there's just that friend of a friend of a friend who just kind of waltzes into the conversation and just starts like talking about nonsense, and it just kind of brings everybody down, right? Like we're we're here having a good time, we're BSing, we're telling stories, like nobody's judging anybody, and in waltzes that. You don't know how they got into the party. you don't know who like who invited this guy? I don't want this guy here. Get him the hell out. And they just kind of start talking about it, it, it could be something very innocuous, something very boring, right that you just you, you really just don't get you just don't care. you just want them to get out. That's kind of how I view NFL officiating. They just kind of waltz into the party just- and you just want to kick him in the ass and say, "Get out of here. You're not welcome. All right, we ranted on part one. So up until that point, the Eagles, I mean, Jalen Hurts, we can start wherever you want. I imagine we want to start with Hurts because please, he was phenomenal. I mean, he, he he really was. Let me just – I had his numbers here at the tip of my finger, and I've got all these – you know, you get to the end of the season on the laptop and you just have, like, windows open everywhere. I probably should do a cleanse. There's just Getty images and podcasts downloaded. and.
2: No, I do know what you mean. I, I... –
1: Oh, I, I got it. Like, too
2: many gamble, gambling Excel formulas.
1: <laughs> and then you get to that point where you don't you don't want to shut your computer down because you just feel like oh, if I shut my computer down, is it going to start back up? All right, Jalen Hurts, 27 of 38 for 304 yards, a 103.4 rating, threw a touchdown, no picks, but also did his damage as a runner, obviously, 70 rushing yards. Three touchdowns on the ground just as a nose for the end zone. They really didn't have much of a, a ground game outside of Jalen Hurts, Jim. And, and as much as I was talking up Jeff Stoutland and this well-oiled machine of a run game, and it, it is. I mean, they can play any type of way. No question. It, they really didn't get much out of Kenneth Gain- Gainwell, Miles Sanders, and Boston Scott. Thirty. What's 37 plus 8? You got 45 rushing yards on... 17 carries out of those three players, none of them had a gain longer than nine. It really, it really never got going, and that kind of affected things. But Jalen Hurts was so damn good; they they still kind of did what they wanted to on offense. Um, if 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 Patrick Mahomes isn't Patrick Mahomes, if the official doesn't throw a flag in that situation, if Philly wins this game, we're all talking about Jalen Hurts. You know, punching in one of the all-time quarterback performances in this game, aren't we?
2: Yes, I'm trying to think where I want to start with Hertz because it's been a this has been a great year as far as studying him because it started in the first week it go long. I had to write about a guy that we really wanted to study more on. You know, is he good enough? Because the, the way that ended last year, it, it was not good. I mean, Hertz did not look great in some games last season. Where you still wondered, is he the guy? So when when I watched him that first week of the season this year, it hit me the way they were using him. He was scoring on my system just like Lamar Jackson scores. As far as how they were using him and how he is scoring his points for me, were his special plays as a runner. But now he was making him as a passer as well, just like Lamar. And there you go. And he just remained consistent. He is now, so when we talked about, I always said I think Lamar Jackson should go to the NFC because just get away from Mahomes. Guess what? You you're gonna have to go through this guy now because he is officially gonna be a monster every year. It is sustainable as long once again, as long as he stays healthy, because the running game is a huge part for Hertz to be this successful. But he's he's a complete leader. That team they they almost admire him. You can see the way those players play and look at him, and that's what we always talk about when the other when the players want to play for your quarterback, you got the right guy. It's like off the charts with him. I mean, it, it. You watch him; it's everything you want in a quarterback. It's just it's just not Mahomes. It's not. It's different. Every quarterback's so different. But it doesn't matter how you get to the elite; just be elite. He's he and Lamar are in that category where you're not stopping either one of them as far as they're going to find like, it's, if you might slow them down in the run game, they'll find a way to beat you throwing. Them. Hertz has developed Hertz has developed that's I'm sorry. The last thing Hertz has developed his passing to the point like Josh Allen took that step from like almost year two to year three Hertz has done that where he is making those throws that just you shake your head on, like, hey, he didn't he wasn't doing that before. You didn't see that on tape before. He has not only worked on it, it's you've seen it enough where it's becoming consistent and who he is. And man, no moment will ever be too big for him.
1: Perfectly said, poignantly said. I could not agree more. The throw to Dallas Goddard stands out. That might have been one of the best throws I've seen in a Super Bowl.
2: I'm with you, man. He he was.
1: I, I and there was nothing. Fourth the sideline, right? They reviewed that one because he had a a, a slight bobble, mm-hmm. but corralled it. Even the H. A. J. Brown touchdown, right? I mean, you you're you're giving your guy a chance to make a play. That's why you trade I'm okay for A.J. Brown, those,
2: right? Everybody take that shot. Case. You don't think Mahomes
1: had some of those? some of
2: those crazy jump balls that Tyree kill that were a 14 yard entire kill took it 60. Like receivers are allowed to make great plays too. It's the quarterback gives those great players a chance. How many times do we sit, talk about Mitch Trubisky just throwing the ball out of bounds? like exactly. give your guy a chance.
1: And that's why you, you want an offensive minded coach, coordinator, quarterbacks, coach, wh- whoever's kind of running the show around the quarterback you you want him just like filling that quarterback's mind with such thoughts and such positivity and go for it, right? Like, go like I I don't want a head coach telling my quarterback to be conservative, to be safe, to you know mitigate disaster. Obvious, obviously, you don't want to turn the ball over, and it's emphasized during the week. But but in the moment, no, take a chance, be bold, play fearless. Go for it on fourth and two when the season's on the line. Do do all of those things. All of it. And that's what they did with him, especially in the first half. They believed in him. Nick Sirianni going for it on those fourth downs. It, he he turned it into his kind of game there for a while. It was like, okay, I love it. it's on. This is how he's coached all year. And guess what? He's coaching like this in the playoffs. He's not just a regular season fourth down savant. He's doing it in the playoffs. So I was so impressed with Sirianni, so impressed with Hurts. They're not going anywhere. The defense let that team down. The defense was not good. Um, But not to switch gears already, because I I think you're right. I think Hurts, you look at the NFC, who knows? This offseason might be quarterback mayhem again, and we'll have quarterbacks changing conferences. As it stands right now, he's above and beyond better than anybody in the NFC. There's nobody close to Jalen Hurts right now. I mean, Dak, Kirk Cousins. Geno Smith? Oh, maybe Jordan Love if they would have played him a little earlier. And here's here's another point I want to make, Jim. Jalen Hurts. Look at that draft. Look at look at that draft. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tonga Viola. They all went through ups and downs. They all had some rough moments, one way or another, whether it's a torn ACL or Tua and everything he went through with Brian Flores and a coach who doesn't even believe in him, you know, treating him poorly. I mean, Justin Herbert's been he was pretty dang good from the word go, but he went he went through a change of head coach, and now they're going through giving up one of the biggest leads in playoff history, blowing one. Of the, they've been like, and Jalen Hurts obviously went through a lot. I mean, the Carson Wentz relationship. Um, and then The offense changing on the fly to what suits him, and then it opening back up with Sirianni. There's only so much that you can learn on the sideline with the clipboard in your hand, you know, playing in the preseason, doing, you know, playing in mop up duty against Philadelphia. It's been such a disservice on Green Bay's part to draft a quarterback in the first round. And I mean, if they, here we go again, right? It's becoming an Aaron Rodgers podcast out of nowhere. I'm just saying, like, watching Hurts, I just kept thinking, you know, if Jordan Love played earlier, he probably goes through his ups and downs. They drafted him ahead of Jalen Hurts. He he, he, goes, he, go, he goes through some rough moments. He learns on the job. And he ends up relying on what makes him special, just like Hurts. Hurts is doing the kind of stuff that made him special in college now, and then some. So hopefully Green Bay does the right thing and turns the page and gives Jordan Love a shot. But they also – it pays to develop a quarterback. I get the, I get the value in that. And I guess probably on this podcast, I probably have pontificated on the value of that. But the more I watch Jalen hurts, I'm like, you, you just want your quarterbacks to play at some point, get out there, play, win some games, lose some games, go through some shit. And then it's just like parenting. And Tony Gonzalez made this point in the book too. Like you, in, in parenting, you, you don't want to just be a snowplow parent and, like push all obstacles out of the way. You want your kids to go through some hard times because they're going to learn from those hard times. And actually Quincy, Quincy Avery, who's the quarterback coach for Jalen Hurts. He made that point on Twitter today. <laughs> he Excellent. I was just tweeting at him about it. It makes sense. Like no. it's the same thing with quarterbacks. You want, I think you want your quarterbacks to go through some harsh, hard times, maybe even in a rough market like Philly, because it's going to harden you. It's going to make you better.
2: There's nothing that hurts because he's, he's already going through it in college and didn't fit, nothing phased him. So you, they're good.
1: Starts right there with Nick Saban benching him for two in the national championship.
2: Something did catch my attention, though, that both coordinators in Philly could be leaving for head coaching jobs. Tyler, I think that is something that needs to be paid attention to with a young quarterback like Hertz who is still developing because we've seen it a little bit with Buffalo this year. And I think about the Saints teams that I worked for for those years. I think about Andy Reid's staffs in Kansas City and Philly. Continuity, those guys didn't leave. At least for the stretch, you know, at least for that, like, initial core run, those first four or five, that window, you know, that initial window. So I think Philly would lose both of those. Now, I don't know much about any – I'm not trying to say that – I'm just saying that would be something I'd pay attention to that when we talk about that window and how hard it is and you were right there to, you know, to win that Super Bowl, it's so hard to get back. And it can be things you don't see coming, like both your coordinators leave, You don't know what the effect that'll have. I'm not saying it's going to change much because the talent is insane, but you don't know. I mean, that's an adjustment. That's going to be an adjustment period.
1: But It's one of those points... Neither one of us would have made last year. I think we all assumed Brian Dayball to Ken Dorsey mm-hmm. seamless. It's what Josh Allen wants seamless. But we don't know the dynamics of the room. Look, Brian Dayball, A reason that players love him. It's not that he coddles them. It's he's hard on guys, mm-hmm. and there's the, he knows that balance. He knows when to push, when to pull. That's why he's coach of the year. He just he just gets the human element of the game. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. That's not a knock on Ken Dorsey. I'm not. I'm not in those meetings, but I do know, like an Eric Bienemy, he's kind of known for that too, right? Like he's known for being kind of harsh, kind of hard, like pushing his quarterbacks. That's where if he goes to Arizona, if he's the head coach for the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, who they literally have to put in his contract, don't play video games, like study the playbook. How is that going to work out? Mm. But I, I I do think behind the scenes because we saw some of it, it was uh, I forget which game it was, but remember Mahomes and Beanie were going at it before mm-hmm. halftime in a game recently. Like he, I think you you do need you do need some combativeness to get mm-hmm. to a good point. You do need a coordinator or a quarterback coach, c- c- kind of going at it right to to find some answers. I th- I think that's a big reason they're here. In addition to Reed being the best coach in football. So and when that changes whether you're in Kansas City, Philly, Buffalo, um yeah, it's a feeling out period, you don't know what to expect. I think that's also why it just behooves you to hire an offensive-minded head coach because you want the stability at the top offensively with your quarterback as as long as you can have it. Uh because that's that's where it starts. Am I wrong? I don't know. Like there's a lot of coaches getting hired right now.
2: Tyler, that's such a it's a hard question for me because I'm a believer in I'm, I'm not a believer in going for the offensive guy. I want the best guy.
1: and that's and, right. We talked about your dream staff.
2: yeah. so I, I when I talk about that, I don't necessarily disagree. There has to be some type of in, in, because to me, the defense is just as important. I, I want I, I, that's what I'm saying like I don't think you can value the positions and drive we all know quarterback is everything. If you get the right quarterback, man, that's on you. At that point, then, like, if you can't get the best out of the best, you know, the most talented quarterback, then you're just not a good coach.
1: But I think you want an offensive-minded head coach because that coach is going to be going for it on fourth but, and one, fourth and two. Okay, they're going, be ag- they're going to be aggressive. They're going to think through the lens of I've got this quarterback, my foot's on the gas. We're trying to win the game. We're not trying to. Lose, we're not trying to, you know, lose by less points in this game. That,
2: that to me is just a philosophy thing. And that's something I would want to know in the interview. In fact, I would go through those situations, you know, fourth down, are you going for it? How much are you going to be going for it? You know, what you want to know all that. So I think those are, I, I think to me, that can be any, I don't think that's offense, defense. That no. should be whoever, you know.
1: Right. Cause Brandon by Staley's my- a defensive minded coach and <laughs> he's like, he coaches games. Seemingly drunk at times. <laughs> going for it on fourth down. And I love it. I love it. Uh, I do too. Not I'm going for
2: it fourth down. I love it. Go for it.
1: I just feel like a defensive coach, if they've been in the game a long time, right? If they came up in the game in the 90s and the early 2000s, you just wonder, are they, are they too um, jaded? I don't know what the word is. Are they still kind of thinking this is a different era? Because in this era, with these quarterbacks, against Mahomes, against Burrow, against Allen, against Hurts, man, you cannot be playing field position football. You just can't. Even Agreed. Philly. Look, even Philly. As much as we're praising Nick Sirianni, there was a fourth and two mm-hmm. that they punted on late in the game.
2: That's
1: fine. Right? I get it. You're at your... All right, now I gotta pull up. I gotta pull up the uh, the old game book again here. Bear with me.
2: No, I'm I'm thinking. I'm laughing because it it is so true though. It's it's there's always like an exception type play that stands out. It's like why, like why of all I know. you know. But I I think I get it. They couldn't. It would have been all too right. quick of a touchdown almost. If they don't. So this
1: would it. have been. ESPN.com the with their position. automatic ads. Get out of here. Okay, no, I am just trying to
2: remember that field position, the exact fourth and
1: three. Position. It's fourth and three. All right, I'm sorry. Twenty eight to twenty seven at this point. Yeah, this is right after the Kadarius Tony touchdown. So Philly's down by one. Yeah, and their defense struggling to get stops. Fourth and three at their own thirty two yard line. All right, so I get it. You're backed up. But do you go for it there? I don't know. That that one, I'm a little... I have a harder time being, you know, as Cavalier on. But in in retrospect, you obviously would have gone for it because that's when Kadarius Toney has the 65-yard Super Bowl record return. And they score a touchdown to go up 35-27. So it's all... It's all drive to drive. It's feel. Right, you have to have a feel for your team and your quarterback. But I just would prefer the head coach who's going to keep the foot on the gas. That's all.
2: And if they went for it and got it and went down the field, scored, then that maybe that pass interference play never happens.
1: Completely. And guess what? If you if you don't get it, and Kansas City scores. Guess what? That's exactly what still happened. Because <laughs> Tony had the return and they scored.
2: Either way. Because you weren't stopping them anyway.
1: The ball is in your hands. You're you in control.
2: I mean, to that philosophy would be, really, to me, that makes sense. You're not going to stop them whether it's a 70-yard drive or a 30-yard drive right now. So you might you might as well just go for a fourth and two. Because
1: you're not oh, stopping man. them which, either way. I like which it. is why, if you're the Bills... And you've got a chance for the double dip at the end of the go, first half go, and you can't go. stop anyone and you can score and get the ball to start the go, third quarter. Go. You don't pin them deep. Oh, man. I feel for Bills fans on that one. And then to just concede defeat on the fourth and two late in the game, thinking you're going to get two defensive stops in the fourth quarter. It's just as nuts. When you see this game with Mahomes and Hurts and they're just moving the ball at will and they're scoring, no coach in their right mind would punt on fourth and short when you can't get a stop in any type of these games. yeah, You've know seen say? it out of this coach in consecutive years. So,
2: Tyler, you know what they say in gambling, what a punt is, quiet quitting.
1: It is. It is. Gamblers I'll never...
2: hate punts and field goals. We hate them.
1: I can remember ni- nineteen ninety six, the first year I put on the pads for the KOA Spear Crush of the Bradford, Pennsylvania Youth Football League. So my dad did some work in in PA, even though we lived in, you know, the Buffalo area. So we I played my uh, youth football yeah. there. Our coach Tom O'Brien, I'll never forget. He said, "Look, look, kids." So we're in, I'm in third grade. He said, "Look, kids," he's explaining to us how the game works. You know, you've got four downs to get ten yards. Because when you get to fourth down, you can also punt. And I don't, you know, he's like, I, you know, we might have to punt in some of these games, but I don't like it because you're literally handing the football to the other team. And he had a football in his hands, and he did the motion, like you're giving it to the other team. So maybe that's why I, I am third grade. My dad's the assistant coach. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Tom O'Brien. Um, It's true. It's true as it was then. And the game has changed, and Analyt- analytics have changed. The quarterback play has changed. Um, so you're right; it starts with getting the quarterback, and then think through that lens, operate that that direction.
2: But it goes, and you said this so many times, and make, like b- about the Bills specifically, because we talk about them so much. But you just invested all your money into your quarterback, and it's fourth and two.
1: Two Where'd yards. The money? Two
2: yards. I mean, to me, it's like if we're going to pay our quarterback this, yeah, I'm going down with our quarterback. Yeah. And not the other team's great quarterback. It'd be different if you're punting the ball to somebody you don't feel is like on fire, but you're punting the ball to.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You're not punting the ball.
2: No, I'm with you on this to, that, uh, that to Chad speak. Henney here. No, you're you're right. That's a major. That was a. That's a, That's one that you have to look back on for sure.
1: All right, so let's let's do it. Let's do this on this part too, Jim Bills. Yeah. We're kind of naturally segueing yeah. yeah, into what our listeners are are accustomed to hearing us blab about. Where do you even start? Right, they don't have money to really spend. You've got to make a decision on Tremaine Edmonds. Um, You need weapons. You are probably going to need a safety. Um, Who knows when you get Von Miller back. The offensive line really wasn't that great. Good, but not great. You're probably going to need a new running back. I would think Devin Singletary gets more money elsewhere. Is James Cook ready to be that guy? Where do you start if you're running the Buffalo Bills right now? And this is almost like a tease for future episodes, but we haven't really talked about it.
2: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I would – let's – yeah, we'll ease into the Bills offseason because I need to think about a little more for specific things. Some things I thought about, though, with the Bills, I didn't like how they handled their receivers this year. As far as – I felt like they got a little desperate at the end of the year with the Cole Beasley and John Browns, and there was just some strange, like, okay – we don't know. We don't know what we're doing. We, we, we just don't have a rhythm right now, and that that surprised me a little bit with the Bills' receivers this year. Then the receiver coach leaves, Chad Hall, for for a parallel job. Correct.
1: Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver coach contract was up, so either he was gently nudged out the door, or he volunteered to. If contract was
2: up, that means they didn't ex- – when you enter your last year, you assume that. Hmm. If, if you don't get extended or rolled over in the NFL, you assume you better, you should be looking.
1: So is he a scapegoat? No. No. Hmm.
2: I, Players I love him.
1: So. For what it's worth, I mean, Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Gabe, John, De- all no, these I guys have come through.
2: I think there's more to there's something I there's more that we don't know about, but I think he's he's proven that his those players play. They know they they all know they all seem to always be on the same page, route running. Josh Allen has a great rapport with those guys. Yeah. So I think I'd pay attention to how the Bills, how they come out with their receiving, like what's their receiving core gonna be next year. I think the O-line will be fine. I'm not worried about the O-line running back they invested in cook they need to find out about him is he good enough but the investment's been made defensively major questions um major questions on defense for the first time i think they have to really figure i we hide poyer health all that mm-hmm. where are they at with contracts i gotta i don't even know with all that tremaine edmonds we've talked about that it's got to be a win-win for the bills you they don't they're not in a position to pay him
1: i know it's um so, with the receiver thing,
2: car, they've invested in, and we've talked <laughs> about it. Where are the results right now? But Von Miller's coming back. When? Good question. And when does Father Time kick in?
1: That was the risk. You sign a player to a, Correct. you know, it's six years, hundred gajillion, but really it could be a, even if it's a three-year, fifty-plus million. That's a lot of money, and you understand the risk. Thirty three, now thirty four, going to be thirty five. This is the kind of stuff that happens with a, an agile pass rusher. As good as he was, you know, I, I think the Bills didn't really think ahead at receiver like they could have. They they could have made a trade, right? They they, they could have done a Kadarius Tony type of signing and been aggressive. Yet they kind of waited just a little bit too long and then scrambled to get the band back together, Blues Brothers style, and Cole Beasley and John Brown. I mean, Cole Beasley's just playing pickup basketball all season. He had a cup of coffee with the Bucks, Like, he wasn't even playing. That's what you're relying on at that point. So it was, you know, Brandon Bean and the front office just weren't thinking far enough ahead in that department. Um, However you want to, you know, break the blame down, obviously we have the show with Isaiah McKenzie, and he has the killer training camp. Looks like a hundred catch guy. Whether it's his role, a drop here and there, Josh Allen not seeing him when he's open. I mean, Isaiah was pretty open in that regard. It, it it didn't work out like they thought it would. Gabe Davis had some some really bad drops. I have a hard time even killing a Gabe Davis though. I mean, for a fourth round pick, he's been above no, and beyond like anything it. they could expect. So it's, it's on him. the front office. I mean, you need – I like you, Davis. I agree with you. I like Dave Davis. I like him. I mean, he, if he's a third option, I, I want him on my team. You know, where he sneaks up on you in a playoff like, game.
2: Yeah, it's not that I don't like – their I mean, it just wasn't – the continuity didn't look right this year. It didn't just look as – it just didn't flow as well. And then when they just started patchworking it, that's when it didn't seem right to me. But
1: A screen pass would be nice. I don't remember the last time they ran a screen to a back. Yet you trade okay. the trade you did make, Naeem Hines. I mean, we're nit- an, inc- we an incredible right talent.
2: Now. I mean, these are one of the, this is one of the best offenses in the NFL. So we, I, I do feel like we're nitpicking
1: a little. Bit. We're nitpicking, but I think you have to nit, like this is a Super Bowl window. I agree. This I'm is an you on, opportunity. You know how
2: I feel about that. I'm with you on that. You
1: know. I think I think the fans should demand more. I mean, because you've just, got a chance, I'm you've got a chance you. to win a Super Bowl. But I don't even know where you start because you can't really spend. I think where you start, okay, to, to move it forward, be a little more optimistic here. Players can get better. Players can improve. Look at Philly's offensive line with Jeff Stoutman. they've just gotten better. Every he can take a C minus player and make him a B plus. Like if, if with the right coaching and the right system, a, J- a James Cook might become an explosive weapon for you down the road. Um, Shakir a receiver showed a few things maybe he becomes a player maybe these these linemen do develop a little bit i i don't know but they do have to draft better like they've got to draft better than they've been drafting that's for sure
2: yeah we need to dive into that i need to do more specific diving we've hit on some of the major i'd really need to look into that more yeah. before i would want to say anything but we've talked about the major ones that i do think need to be addressed i mean that or you should be held accountable for
1: Right. Right. I think, I think, you know what? Draft weapons. I don't even, if I don't even have any clue who the wide receiver is, I don't even care. You take a receiver, take a receiver.
2: It's the way the rules are set up right now.
1: Yeah. And I would love, I would love to ask Sean, like you get back in that playoff moment. Are there any lessons gleaned from watching these playoff games at home. When you do see a Sirianni going for it there, and you do see the ramifications for when you don't go for it, because I think that's going to be something that has to change if the Bills are going to get over the hump. It just it, when they get in these nut cutting time moments to play with the necessary testicular fortitude. <laughs> I mean, they. I mean, they have you. Just you have if you if you don't, you're going to be Marty Schottenheimer, Marvin Lewis. Um, you're going to be one of those coaches. I'm sorry. You, it, it, can, it can get better. I mean, we were talking about players improving, right? They want this player to improve, that player to improve. Well, the coaching has to improve in that department. My opinion. All right. What do you say, Jim? We've got time to talk about the Bills. We'll get into the Bills and well, all things be NFL off
2: season. Fatty off season Bills special.
1: And again, I give Bills fans credit for. I think it's turning this off season in terms of. Yes, we're a good team. You know, we win these divisions. We've had reasons to celebrate, and you know, we go to games, and it's not just to like crash through tables. Like, they're the. I mean, they're they're demanding more. It's time, right? Like, is right. this 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 window can pass? This moment can pass? No doubt. Uh, and they they should. This is this is one of the more important off seasons in Buffalo Bills history. So we will we're gonna cover it here at Go Along on the podcast, obviously, but also over at Go Long. TD.com with columns, with features, with Q&As. Try to give you fresh coverage that you cannot get anywhere else. And that is the beauty of being independent, Jim, isn't it? Unbound. So thank you for subscribing, everyone. And thank you for sharing with a friend. This is how we keep this thing growing. Share it with a family member, a friend. Um, It's all word of mouth. No ads, no sponsors, no corporations. It's all about you. And we'd love it if you considered a happy hour because they're a lot of fun. All righty, that's going to do it for part two of our Super Bowl extravaganza. Thank you, Jim, for hanging out here on a Monday night. And thank you, listeners, for checking out the episode. We'll catch you next time.